Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast show with myself, Brad Simcox. Now, I just want to speak straight from the heart here with the entire Chiefs Kingdom. So here goes. There comes a time when a generational quarterback appears from nowhere. Aaron Rodgers was one that was overlooked time and time again in the 2005 draft and eventually being drafted 24th overall. We all know about the Tom Brady story. Hell, Patriots fans, they will never let us forget that guy. There was the era of the magnificent Joe Montana, and Chiefs got a taste of what a generational quarterback can do and can achieve. But we had him in his twilight of his career, and he wasn't one of our own. How many times can we say that the Chiefs have drafted a generational talent like that? Anyone? My fellow Chiefs fans, we have been lingering in the shadows for too long. And it's about time we started believing that this team can be the next generational talent. This is our chance to rejoin the elite since the late 60s. This is our team. This is our quarterback. This is the home of the number one offense in the NFL. This is the home of the loudest fans in the world. Just ask Guinness. This is our time to shine, and this is our time to start a dynasty. Step into the light, Chiefs Kingdom. As Andy Reid tells us at every press conference, the time is yours. To discuss the game and the weekend against the 49ers, I have with me the Arrowheads of Broad Supremo, Tom Childs, to go through our takes from the game. How about that opening, mate? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You did say it was going to be a bit emotional. but Torts like, in Mosh tonight, mate. That's what it I'm, is. Put it this way. I'm currently eyeing up my wall and thinking, yeah, you're going down, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what I was thinking of when you were, uh, were saying that? You, I've seen a couple of the videos going around before. You know when people had like Celine Dion, the Titanic music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one going that's around. That's I was thinking. Yeah. Like, we could... When I send out like the clip of the podcast, which I send to, tend to send out every week at the moment, I might just add that background music to yeah. to your little speech there. Like, wow, Brad, <laughs> wow. What were your wedding vows like? Were they better than that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> just just went with a bog standard script. Yeah, it was like, yeah, come on then. Yeah. <laughs> wowzers, no, wowzers, they were emotional. They were emotional, but I mean, yeah. This was like, nah, I was like, nah, this is this has to be said now because this this really does feel like a different time, doesn't it? It does, but further furthermore about your uh, your speech, like I know a lot of <laughs> Americans wonder what like the British healthcare system is like. Well, this is what the British healthcare system get up to whilst they're at work. Instead of like sorting out, sorting stuff out, they're sitting there writing rousing speeches about 
Batman. <laughs> you need one of those drugs immediately. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. We need done. morphine. No, Brad's <laughs> taking it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. No, I, I think it had to be said, mate, because I think I don't know what it was. I think there was something changed after watching that game last night. Um, it was, it was something that kind of stirred that you just think. Wow, this 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 offense can just score whenever it wants, and yeah. I've never been so confident in an offense, in a Chiefs offense, like this before. And I think I think it was Nita actually said it on the uh, you know on the on the Twitter uh, when she said, uh, "I just feel excited every time this offense comes on the field because you just think, what's going to happen next?" And we. That that's 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 just pure excitement because we have so many receivers. What we we're up to nine now, is it or something? Nine receivers for a touchdowns. Yeah, and I think they said that the uh, the season best was thirteen, and we're already on nine after week three. <laughs> mind blowing! It's just a mind blowing thing, and I know, and I've heard about, I've heard your story as well because apparently you were at the watch me, weren't you? They are heads abroad. Watch me. I was, and uh, <laughs> I can only imagine what you were like. Can you describe it? Well, there was one play in particular that I lost my shit. Um, <laughs> Proper lost it. Yeah, I. We all know which I, one it is. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been so excited about a particular play ever, and I'm I'm going back through my entire fandom of the Chiefs and I'm thinking Niall Davis against the Texans that got me pretty hyped Marcus yeah. Peters against Peyton Manning the pick six that mm-hmm. was hyped um, Tyler Figpen catching a pass against the Bucks back in 2008 I think it was that's that a bit before me, my time that <laughs> got me pretty hyped then you got Dwayne Bowe's catch against the Colts I think it was that yeah. was pretty good and then Tony Moriaki against the 49ers. I'm, I'm like, I was going oh, through catch. them in my head. Yeah. yeah, and then Dex McCluster against the Giants. There was a number of plays, put it this way, I was mm-hmm. going through in my head. And I cannot remember going as mental as I did on that third and goal play, on that scramble, <laughs> and that dart that Pat Mahomes threw to yeah. Connie. Like, I, I, I was obviously at the Hippodrome Casino in London, and thank you to everyone that turned up to, to watch the game. Um, but we all went mental because it was we should learn to expect the unexpected from Patrick Mahomes because he has got incredible arm talent but I even thought a throw like that was beyond the realms of possibility to A. get away from the rush one way and then B. get away from it the other way (laughs) and then just sling it sidearms that ball travelled I think it was 26 yards in the air that throw and he side-armed it through like the tiniest of window yeah. to, to Chris Conley and stride at the back of the end. It went like a bullet as well. It's like it's almost like Conley was like, oh, hang on, there's a ball in my hands. <laughs> and it was it was that moment. Like We've obviously been really high on Mahomes pretty much since we drafted him. And we expected him to be a franchise quarterback, a quarterback that could lead us and take us places. Mm-hmm. We could go some of it. But it was that throw that I just thought, bloody hell, like, the possibilities with this kid is endless. Yeah. With that kind of talent. You can say what you want about Andy Reid's scheme. You can say what you want about the pass catchers. But that play, that one play was all Pat Mahomes. 
Yeah. You have to give maybe Chris Conley a little bit of credit for not giving up and running running with the play, his broken play, running with it. But that's all Pat Mahomes. The O-line yeah. failed. The play design failed. It was just all about him, his instincts, and his arm talent. And you cannot teach what he did. There is like two other quarterbacks in the league that can make that play. Mm-hmm. One being Aaron Rodgers and the other being Russell Wilson. Yeah. No other quarterbacks in the league can make that play. Tom Brady can't make that throw. As good as Tom Brady is, he can't make that throw on the run like that. Peyton Manning wouldn't have been able to make that throw. Drew Brees maybe, and, and like in his, in his heyday possibly, but that's about it. Like It was that throw that I thought, oh my God, we have this guy. And as I kept saying, walking around the casino whilst I high-fived basically anyone that would <laughs> come near me, we have this guy for 15 years yeah he's ours he is ours and it yeah. is wonderful like it's just I will happily talk about Pat Mahomes from Dust Till Dawn at the moment yeah he is literally my new best friend <laughs> well this is what we were saying before about him it's almost this like kind of this offence is like has this feeling of an invincible feel around it doesn't it that mm-hmm. it can do whatever it wants and we'll go into the game a bit more about it but the the first half, it was just like they were scoring on every drive. They did. They literally did. <laughs> they literally five, did, was it? It was how it was. Five drives, five touchdowns. I mean, you know, I mean, keeping up that that kind of, uh, of scoring. I mean, it's you know, you're going to tire yourself out at some point, surely. Of and course. we f- we found that in the second half. But was that more stepping off the pedal a little bit, or was that uh, you know, was that Andy Reid managing? You know the uh, the speed, this high powered offense that you do not want them to injure themselves. And do you then think, yeah, let's just step off a little bit. Let's not show all of the playbook as well. Is that what happened in the second half? Do you think? It did seem to me there was a little bit of Andy Reidism coming into the game, but at the same time, I just think that he felt that the Forty ers weren't really in it. Um, mm. 25 points at half time is a big lead okay obviously we've seen bigger leads disappear in short amount of times under Andy Reid but I did, just don't think that the 49ers were ever in this game even when they brought it down to two scores I still feel like that if they wanted to the Chiefs could have gone up a gear or two yeah. I remember there's a couple of plays that in the second half that didn't go our way or maybe we ruined for ourselves for example Demetrius Harris dropping a dolly on a third down play um, it, that only took me 10 minutes to get in that in by the way yeah yeah it did um, yeah, I, yeah I, I really wanted to interrupt you in the middle of your introduction to say Demetrius Harris sucks, <laughs> like Tourette yeah, <laughs> straight but, in there Demetrius Harris <laughs> yeah. but you know I waited 10 minutes uh, but yeah if he doesn't drop that that drive continues and then we're okay and plus you need to factor in how long the 49ers were taking on their drives Hmm. Taking one of their drives took eight and a half minutes. You're down 25 points, and you're taking eight and a half minutes to try and get your way in the back of, into this game. And I just, I just don't think the Chiefs were panicked. This defense was rubbish. We're going to the defense a little bit more in a bit. But I don't feel Andy Reid was particularly stressed. I wasn't hmm. particularly stressed. Yes, I have my qualms with the defensive performance, but I was certainly more relaxed last night than I was the two weeks beforehand. Yeah. Just on that point there, because you picked up on something that quite a few people have been talking about, that why did the 49ers 
suddenly start running the ball and and they were draining that. I mean, that third quarter they drained the clock so fast, didn't they? Um, and it was they were mainly using the running players. Now, they were. They were I think the uh, the NFL experts were all basically saying that that's what they were finding was more favourable for them. That the, mm. their running game was going so well and and all that kind of thing. So they, that's what they lent on the most. But I have a hint now that I'm thinking maybe wasn't it all Sutton? Was it was it him that was going? Tell you what, just run it for us. Run it towards us. And you know we'll drain the clock even more, and you know even if we give up some points, is it something that he's been scheming for? Has he made sure that the Forty ers have just drained that clock down themselves? That would be the third game in a row that we've gone into prevent defense pretty in the much third quarter. <laughs> for the, yeah, for the yeah. entirety of the second half. Um, I don't know where the. The success from the 49ers all of a sudden come from? You could argue that it's urgency and a need to bec- come out of their playbook a little bit more because of how far of a, or how big a hole they found themselves in. But the defense in the first half looked pretty good. Hmm. Um, 10, 10 points in one half, we, we take that for sure. They got a couple of sacks, they got a couple of free and outs as well. Um, yeah. Okay, they got lucky with a couple of calls, the Chiefs, but. For the, for the most part of the first half, the defence did look good. At the second half was a strange one. Like, if you read what people have been saying about the corners, evidently the corners had a good game. Yeah, they did, yeah. Stats-wise and that, yeah. And it seems to be like the middle of the defence which was breaking down. I worry about Reggie Ragland. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's good to go. We're seeing more and more of Terence Smith, which is just weird because many of us agreed that Terence Smith was probably off fourth slash fifth best performing linebacker in preseason. Yeah. And that's even without um Anthony Hitchens <laughs> playing much in preseason <laughs> at all and say with Reggie Ragland. It's, it's it just all seemed a bit weird in the middle. Ron Parker didn't have the greatest game. Eric Murray didn't it's just the defence does doesn't look like a unit that's totally in control of what they're doing mm-hmm. at any point. And the the blame has to start with someone. It has to the buck has to stop with someone. It has to be Bob Sutton. Yeah. Um. As long as they're playing this prevent defense, teams are going to have a chance because they are going to score points on us. They, they just don't look like they're going to create a turnover. We got a little bit lucky yesterday with a Jimmy G injury, even though that was his own stupid fault. Um, <laughs> even though actually after last week on the preview podcast, I did say about hurting Jimmy G. I didn't mean it. Like physically, well, I did he, even point it out on the podcast that I wanted him mentally. He hurt uh, himself broken. though, mate. So I'll, you're out of jail on that one. Yeah, he hurt some, himself. Didn't he? Some hit by Stevie Nelson, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, wasn't it? it didn't have lay him out. But um, I mean, I was actually worried at, at one point when um, you know when Breeder went down, he, he, mm. his leg buckled underneath him, and I was like, oh god, that's that's either a ACL tear or something like that, or a cartilage or something like that that's gone. And he came back on, <laughs> and that but that one looked worse. It was the same with Conley. Conley went off with what appeared to be a nasty-looking injury on a pass interference play, yeah. and then next thing you know he's catching, he's, back on, yeah. he's catching touchdowns for him. Pat Holmes. I'm I'm slightly worried about D Ford. I'm not going to lie, because um, he's looked again, pre- isn't he? He's looked pretty okay so far mm-hmm. this season, and I know he was going for an MRI scan today. So by the time that most people listen to this podcast, he's probably already had the results. But yeah. knowing D Ford, they're probably not going to be good results. Well, this is it. I mean, I mentioned today that uh, he's basically glass. He he's, he seems to have a run of a couple of good games, 
maybe get a couple of sacks or something like that, and then something crashes him, and and this time it seems to be his groin, doesn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the project of D four is 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 basically going to come to an end. I mean, if he's not fit now for the next however long because of his groin, I mean, what a groin strain or something like that. It's normally like what, five six weeks. Mm. Um, so that's a good chunk of the season out. So we're going to then have to rely on um, passing you and, and even uh, brilliant speaks as well, aren't we? Oh God! Um, I mean, I, I like passing you. I, I think he'll he'll bring pressure, but he's he's very eager to get the quarterback, and we'll yeah. probably get more penalties with this uh, this daft bloody what do you call it rule, roughing the passer. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to bring up today. This roughing the passer rule. Go on then. Well, it, it we never really had too much of it before, did we? No. And there's been this emphasis of, uh, you know, the helmet-to-helmet contact and all that kind of thing, and what's the best way to sack a quarterback. And we've seen all the videos as well. I know you've seen them as well with the, uh, you know, people are actually reenacting what should be a sack in the NFL mm-hmm. these days, and people are just picking them, picking the, the quarterback up and just laying them down and giving them a kiss on the head and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That's what it seems to be, and and we saw the the, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the Green Bay Packers, which is very very strange because uh, wasn't it wasn't this ruled because of Aaron Rodgers anyway? Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Clay Matthews took out Alex Smith, and it was a perfect tackle. And you know, you could you could say that he did, you know, load a lot of body weight on him when he landed, but. From what Clay Matthews was saying at that time, it was his his momentum is taking him that way, and he's there's no way he's going to be able to get out of the way of the the falling play if he's hitting him dead on, you know, head on. But he moved his helmet helmet out of the way. He wrapped up the quarterback, which he's been told, but it was just the landing on the quarterback that was the, that was the issue. And I just think there's this this rule seems to have just been drilled into the referees' minds mm-hmm. and has clouded their calls, has clouded their judgment about what is classed as roughing the passer now. Well the problem is the rule. It's not it's not the officiating. The by the letter of the law, the two Clay Matthews ones in the last two weeks have been the right call by the yep. letter of the law. they the, the official officials have enforced the rule perfectly. Yeah, because he landed on the it. rule. Yeah. The the problem is the rule. And my issue with it is that they're trying to protect guys too much. Well, the reason why they're trying to protect the quarterbacks is purely because of what happened to Aaron Rodgers last year. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the superstar of the league. He is the poster boy of the league. He is the face of the league. They can't be having him going down in a regular season matchup against Minnesota in week five. They just can't be losing that type of talent for the year. Yeah. So this is why this rule is in. My issue with it is that you're going to get to a point where players aren't going to want to tackle the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna stop sending pass rush. They're gonna stop sending pressure. They're gonna concentrate more on their secondary. Well, for me, a D end or an outside linebacker going against a tackle is one of the best parts of football. Mm-hmm. It's like it's two mountain of men, two mountains of men. Does that yeah. make sense? Mount- yeah. <laughs> two mountain of men. <laughs> two mountain of men. You can all Confucius with us. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's one of the purest parts of the game just two massive massive and strong guys that are so technically sound going against each other that we possibly are going to lose that if you're going to continue to protect quarterbacks it's a dying art mate it is it it is and my issue is 
another issue I've got is that these quarterbacks are paid the big bucks. They are paid more money than any other sportsman on the planet. They are paid to take these risks. They get the glory if it all goes well. Mm -hmm. They should also be able to take the hits if it all goes bad. Yeah. And so Justin Houston said it a few weeks ago when I think it was after one of the preseason games. He said, we know the risks when we sign up to this game. This is why we get paid money. It's a physical game. It's a violent sport. Injuries are going to happen. Every team deals with injuries. Jimmy G got injured before even Stephen Nelson hit him yesterday. So he got hit on the cut, not on the hit. So injuries are going to happen. You just have to accept it. I know you need to protect the quarterbacks. And they've done a relatively good job of it. Like, no late hits. I agree with that rule. No going low on the quarterback. That's another good rule. Especially after what the Chiefs' very own Bernard Pollard did to... Tom Brady in 2008 where he just mm. annihilated him in week one for the season <laughs> and obviously the, the knock-on effect of that was us getting Matt Castle so that's more the mo- main reason I'm more bothered about that <laughs> that rule but, um, <laughs> and obviously no contact with the head of the quarterback well that's that's a no-brainer that should be yeah. the same for all players you don't touch it oh yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah, the crown of the helmet so, and all that yeah. yeah they had it right last year it's, it comes back to what we said earlier in the off-season why the hell did the NFL feel the need to Sit in a room every single summer, yeah, and make rule changes. It uh, and that's my game point. Was it, good enough. It, it's building that emphasis all of a sudden, and 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 the referees feel pressured that they've got to look out for this every time. There's a sack now. Mm. They're they're ready to throw on the flag, yeah. Because and and it, it a lot of the time these these sacks look perfectly fine. Yeah, well, they would have been last year. Yeah. It's just this year they've decided, oh, we're not going to have that anymore. Yeah. And there was there was one that was arguably more forceful on Aaron Rodgers, where a guy just basically swung him around. I can't remember. And the then answer. landed on him. Yeah, I saw then, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't land on him as much, but he he threw him down with some force. But that's perfectly fine. And I I, I like both tackles personally. Mm. Uh, I I would have liked to seen them both counted because it is one of the better parts of the game. Sacks are fun. They yeah. are enjoyable to watch. They do change games as well. So you're you're talking about potentially taking out game changing plays. Yeah. I don't like it. On a side note of that um Packers Vi- Packers Redskins game. Yes, they were at the Hippodrome Casino. We were very fortunate to have that game to the left of us. So oh, all right. we had our little area with the Chiefs forty ers game and then to the left had a a slightly bigger area for Pack uh Packers Redskins and um we let our feelings of Alex Smith be known so every time he did something well we were all like going, go on Alex go really? on Alex yeah so basically there was two groups of supporters supporting the Redskins yesterday and the Packers fans weren't too happy about it so what you saw on one screen was check down check down check down check down and then on the other screen you saw Patrick Mahomes whizzing <laughs> yeah. a 26, yeah. 26 yard bullet to Con- Conley is that what pretty you're saying much. yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's my two pence worth <laughs> <laughs> No, um, yeah, we won't go on about the rule too much, but I mean, the, uh, the, the I mean, every Chiefs fan knows as well that the refs got that call very much wrong anyway against Alex mm-hmm. Smith, um, because we all know that was that was forward progress. That um, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the game. Let's get back yeah. to the game because um, yeah, there was we we've spoken a lot about this high powered offense. I mean, it, it it just moves so fluidly and everything like that, but uh, the defense. It, like I said, it did okay first half. It was looked quite solid. There was a there was a touchdown that, I mean, God, I mean, was it Marquis Goodwin had all day uh, to um, catch the ball? Who was it? 
Uh, was I forgot Jacques, his name now. Zeswick or whatever his name is. Yeah, that's him. Back. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's um, the guy. He he was open. I mean, to have that fullback open in that much space was criminal. It was just blown coverage. Yeah, um, I saw a video earlier explaining it quite thoroughly. Because everybody was following just, everyone else, weren't they? And somebody yeah. had just left the left the guy. They just thinking he was going to get covered by the uh, the other cornerback who wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens um, on occasions. But it happened twice in this game. <laughs> yeah, okay, it happened more than one occasion. <laughs> it happened twice in this game. Twice in this game. Um, but I mean, is this is this going to be a problem? Because I mean, we've had a question actually from Timothy Rowley: Is Bob Sutton the problem with the D, or is the players on the D that's the problem? Is it the players on the D that's the problem, or is it a bit of both? I think it's talent and personnel and coaching, but mainly coaching. Really. Mainly, I, I might just change my mind immediately. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like a seesaw on this one, because I see the Chiefs when they are early in games, mm. when they are yet to build up a substantial lead. I'm seeing a Chiefs defense which is actually doing pretty well, but as soon as the Chiefs have a substantial lead, it all falls apart. So I can't, I can't put my finger on what's the issue here is it the fact that offences are having to take more risks open everything up a little bit or are the Chiefs being conservative with the defensive play calls like, if you look at the the, the Steelers game for example the, the Chiefs mm. went 21 nil up well for the Chiefs to go 21 nil up that meant that the, the Chiefs defence got three stops in a row to open up the game against the Steelers yesterday yeah. the Chiefs went 35-7 up so that means or 35-10 up, rather. So that means that the Chiefs defence made four stops in the first half against yeah. this 49ers defence. When the Chiefs went 21-0 against the Steelers, we were expecting that the Steelers would just have their way with the defence for the rest of the game. Well, yeah. that wasn't the case. The, the Chiefs defence come out and played in the second half and actually played pretty well against the Steelers. So for me, it's, it seems like this team in the correct situation knows what they're doing or playing well. So as long as the game's tight, they seem to turn up. But mm. as soon as the Chiefs go into a big lead, something happens. There's something there but that happens between Bob Sutton and possibly Andy Reid where they just shut the whole thing down. It's like they close the playbook, isn't it? Yeah, and just say, right, we are, we've got the lead and the clock on our hands. Let's use them. Yeah. That's... That's the simplistic view from my end. Mm-hmm. That's what I. This is this, that's my eye test. That's what I see. I see the Chiefs have leads and fall apart. I see the Chiefs in close games and defense plays pretty well. So, I, I, I honestly think I think you're right. I think it's, it's a it's a problem with a multitude of things on the defense. Um, but one of the main things is I, I honestly think that it's it's this planned prevent that they're doing, um, where they are saying right, you know. You're not going to pass on us. You're going to run all day, and let's let's try out the, our run day. And but then it's 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 draining that clock, you know, quite a bit. I mean, we saw that with the, with the 49ers, but I'm sure that's it. I'm I I I can't believe that we had two two different teams in that in that in that in that game. You know, like two different Chiefs teams in that game where we had just ex- explosive offense. A pretty solid defense, and then it just all collapsed in the second half. It must be where, like you said, Sutton is talking with Reid, saying, 
that's great. We've got a we've got a massive lead. Let's just uh, make them run down the clock, and when we get the ball, we'll run down the clock as well. But it isn't must the be. fear isn't the fear here that eventually that's going to bite us on the bum? Well, it always happens it's in the playoffs, doesn't it? <laughs> we always do yeah. we always do that in the playoffs. But what seems different to me is that there seems to be a lot more trust in the offense this time round. Okay, yeah. yes, they they weren't great in the second half. We're not gonna we're not gonna lie, but. The offense, for the most part this year, for ninety percent of the time, has been borderline unstoppable. Yeah. So there maybe there is the trust in the defense that in the offense rather from the defense that even if this does turn sour a little bit, the offense is good enough to get us out of the hole. And mm. also, you're expecting a hell of a lot from an opposing offense to be able to keep up with the Chiefs, and no team's managed to do it yet. Yeah. But so I I, I do question Bob Sutton, of course. But I would also like to see what happens to the defense in a game where the offense isn't firing. Yeah. Potentially, like for example, in two weeks' time when we when we play Jacksonville, that's a that's a game where the offense might struggle because it's the best defensive unit in the league, um, one of the best pass defenses in the in the league. We've got brilliant up guys up front like Campbell and Gokway that can generate lots and lots of pressure. So possibly you're looking at a game there where the offense might not hit the 25, 30 point mark. Yeah. you'd expect them not to hit the 38 so maybe that is going to be about what the defence can do against the likes of Keenan Cole Blake Balls Leonard Fournette TJ Eldon and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. maybe we'll see then what the defence is going to be like and of course we have to remember we are missing our best defensive player as well Yeah, and I do think he will make a difference as and when he comes back if he comes back mm-hmm. of course but um, I'm not ready yet to get the pitchforks and torches out I do I do get angry whilst watching the games and I probably am a little bit reactive whilst I'm watching it like most fans are. But I saw your tweets, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after a bit of reflection and reading other people's thoughts about it, I I kind of have got more of a balanced view than I did 24 hours ago. So mm-hmm. we, we'll see. Give them two more weeks. Let's see how he gets on the game when the offence does struggle and let's see if the defence can can do something. Well, this kind of leads on to Jeff Gould's question on Facebook. He said, uh, what can we do to keep the momentum of the D going for four quarters? And I think you're right. I think if it's tight, the D will actually keep playing to a higher level. Yeah, more and, pressure. And what, yeah, and won't go into this prevent defence. Um, if it's if it's a massive lead, then they're just going to make the other team run the ball down, run the run the clock down. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think that's... I think we've unearthed it there mate I think we found out exactly what the reason is do you think we've cracked the code I think we've cracked defense? the code I think we do yeah I think if we go too far into the lead that's it we, 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 we try and then get the other team to run the ball on us and we run the clock down so does this mean now that we have to move on to the next impossible code well, how do you stop the Chiefs offence well yeah there's that but I mean I'm not going to give those secrets away are we <laughs> <laughs> but I'm now I, have you noticed I've, I'm now looking at Sutton as kind of like this defensive genius have you noticed <laughs> I can't believe you I just see. said that on a podcast <laughs> he's get, what he's doing is he's, he's running the clock down by using the other team to do it I see now <laughs> so uh, yeah uh, um, I'm, not, I'm not calling him a genius but um, if we win a Super Bowl all is forgiven <laughs> that's There's all no, I'm saying on that there is no way in hell we're winning the Super Bowl with this defence no no chance, no chance it'll be close mate we're one, we're one good defence away from winning one one good defence like yeah Rome Rome wasn't built in a day mate exactly, uh, exactly. we are miles away from the Super Bowl with this defence however there could be an opportunity to improve this defence ooh nice segue mm, I like nice it. segue yeah um, with Eric Berry being out and a 
for whatever reason, we don't know how long it's going to be and, and what the actual real issue is, because all we hear at the moment is it's is heels hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs have been linked with uh, Earl Thomas from the Seahawks. Ooh. Um, apparently the Cowboys are probably first in line to get him, but um, there, there, there could be a potential trade war going on here. Um, where they, I think they've asked for, was it the second minimum or something, the second round pick minimum? And anything from that they'll probably listen to offers. Can you see the Chiefs giving up their second round pick that they got from Marcus Peters to try and get Thomas? Yes, I can, but... Is it worth it? Uh, 100%, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to do it. Really? From what I've read this afternoon, I know it means nothing because Andy Reid plays his holds his card so close to his chest but he was asked about it in his latest press conference and, and he went who? yeah, yeah and <laughs> he didn't exactly give the impression that he was interested apparently reports are saying that there was was interest in the summer which does lead me to question how badly injured Eric Berry actually mm-hmm. is if they were looking at Earl Thomas in, in the summer they must have knew something was up then but if the Chiefs say, yes, we have this opportunity, we are going to go for it, then I am fully behind this move. Mm-hmm. I am. I know he has a $10 million cap hit for this year. I know you have to try and re-sign him next year, which you probably won't do. But a second rounder, all draft picks are lottery picks. They are. You can make informed decisions, and you think you've made the right decisions, but half, if not more than half, of your draft picks will bust. Mm-hmm. Old Thomas, for the next... 15 games hopefully would not be a bust no. because we know what he's about he is legitimately the only contender to Eric Berry as the best safety in the league mm-hmm. and he's done it for a number of years he's been there done that he's won one Super Bowl he's been to another Super Bowl the Seahawks he's part of the, the best defence of probably the last 20 years 17 years let's not forget the 2000s Raven <laughs> but yeah, yeah he, he was part of a very very good defence so I am all aboard bringing Earl Thomas to town and putting him in that secondary because he's another one that will just make us better in a heartbeat. And then you've got a factor in that if Eric Berry does come back, you're then looking at possibly the greatest safety pairing of all time. Yeah. I mean, he just fits perfectly, doesn't he, already? I mean, yeah. even if Eric Berry doesn't come back, I mean, God forbid, he, he you know, that isn't the case. But having somebody like Thomas who'll just say well it's okay I'm here now um, <laughs> I'm here. yeah I'm here don't worry lads I'm here um, it, it's 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 a like for like isn't it yeah pretty much pretty much a like for I mean skill set wise yeah I would probably argue that Eric Berry is the better leader but Thomas is just as good a player yeah. if not maybe a slightly a bit better than Eric Berry as an actual technical football player but what elevates Eric Berry above and beyond all other football players in my mind is his ability to lead and inspire and at the moment we're paying a lot of money for a motivational speaker well I don't mind that at the moment if this motivational speaker is eventually going to pad up Mm -hmm. but if he's not going to pad up then yes you you ring up the Seahawks GM and say Here's our second rounder. It's probably going to be a late second rounder, if we'll be honest, because it's a second rounder from the Rams or us. Mm-hmm. And we're both going to be there at the end of the season. So you're looking a very, very late second rounder. Just give it up. 
pay the $10 million, find a way to make that work mm-hmm. and bring him in and give yourself a chance because our window is now. The AFC is a mess. It is. It is an absolute mess. The Jags lost to the Titans yesterday. The Patriots lost to the Lions yesterday. The Bengals lost. The Broncos lost. The Chargers lost. There is so many bad teams in the AFC at the moment that the Chiefs' window might not be as open as it is this year. So pay the fee, give the draft pick, and pay the man what you're supposed to pay him and open up your window and blow it open and just go all in on 2018. I can't believe I'm saying this because my expectations going into the season were so low. But with the state of the AFC, with the offense you have on the field, just go for it. Times now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't wait for 2019. Don't wait for 2020. Don't try and build your defense up again. Just Just go and trade for a guy that can make a difference right now and just go all in on 2018. We see, I've got a theory on this this, this Berry injury because the, the thing that's bugging me is why aren't they putting him on put him on the pup list or the IR list? Because he I, I just don't feel, get it. He obviously feels that he might be back soon. They're saying every week that we have the same conversation every week. He's saying, yeah, no, he, but it's down to him. That, but if you put him on the pup list, he can't come back till week eight. So if he gets ready between now and week eight, then it's worth keeping him on the active roster. I understand so, that, but when you said that you know the Chiefs were were there was rumored to be looking at Thomas around about or was it was it uh, middle of the off season or something like that yeah, something yeah. like that. I can't remember in, what month in it was the summer, in the summer in the summer yeah um, when you when you think that and you think they've they've clearly thought there's 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 some something wrong with Berry at the minute mm-hmm. you would you would have thought that they would have at least put him on some kind of list. <laughs> an injury list of some kind, but they haven't. And they obviously, they are they keeping him? Are they keeping him for later in the season? And are they keeping him for the playoffs? Well, even if he's on the pup list, he can come back. He just can't come back till week eight. They obviously feel that he might stand the chance to get back before then. So I would sooner not have that fifty third spot and keep it as Eric Berry. Yeah. Rather, rather than not have Eric Berry on the um, active roster and have him available. Like, who cares about the fifty third spot? Let's be honest. I know we make a song and dance with it, like in the off season, but that's because we get our our preseason fancies. But if it's a case of keeping Eric Berry on the fifty three and him having a ten percent chance, or we keep this uh, this random special team guy, mm. or like someone like Marcus Kemp. There's no disrespect to Marcus Kemp. For me, you keep Eric Berry and have that opportunity for him for him to play. You don't just whisk him off to the pup list and say, oh, that's all right, we can do without you till week eight, even though you would, would be good to go at week six. The more games we can get Eric Berry, the better. So for me, they've they've made the right move. They've, they've made Eric Berry available so that when he is good and ready to go, he can walk straight into that lineup. Hmm. Okay, mm. <laughs> I think I think they're trying to keep they're trying to keep him out as long as they can. I think I think he's I think he's possibly ready, but he's they're keeping him out as long as they can because they think well we're doing all right at the minute. How, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're, well this is it I I think they, they're not doing they, all right they're doing okay they, they they've done okay in the winning the situations games that, the winning games. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel be. like this. I feel like this week we could have an argument. I, I don't. I don't know how we've ended up on this podcast. Like all of a sudden, defending Bob Sutton in some roundabout, <laughs> strange way. Because this time yesterday, I was literally tweeting for his job. Do you know what um, I was? 
I, I was and, I was doing exactly the same thing as you were because I was thinking this this defense is a mess, especially in the second half. But when you look back at, at how it's all mapped out, the, the all the last three games, it's been the same, hasn't it? So it's like so it's like some crazy. What's that film with um, Gerald Butler in? The one where he goes on a revenge <laughs> killing spree. And What's he just that? plans everything out perfectly. Oh, um, citizen, Laura Biden, citizen. I don't know. If Laura Biden, citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he just plans out these like these multiple murders perfectly. And did you feel like that's what Bob Sutton and Andy Reid are doing with games? They're Probably planning their situation perfectly. So, so if this domino falls correctly, then you can play this cover free and allow anything up the middle, so that the Forty Nineers will waste eight minutes on a drive. Yeah. It's going that well, is it? Well, the, the plan's working. I, I don't care. The, plan's w- <laughs> the plan is working. Yeah, let's just settle on that. The plan is working. The one thing I do have criticism of is Sutton. He does play players out of the wrong positions. I mean, the whole He's- Houston thing. Don't get me started on Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I've been suppressing you- that for some time. Are you, are you telling me that you don't want to see Justin Houston covering Antonio Brown? Hell no. I think <laughs> was Hitchens uh, the cornerback at one point? <laughs> Probably. Yesterday. <laughs> It was a defensive back. Uh, I, I was slightly drunk whilst watching it, so you could have ended up with Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I could tell Casey you, Wolf. <laughs> yeah, Casey Wolf at quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would really flummox the opposition, wouldn't it? It would. It would. Why is he headbutting the goalpost again? <laughs> what audible's that? <laughs> oh man! Well, um, you. You clearly had a great time at the the, the last watch meet, I did. and we we've broken the duck as well. We've broken the um, the, the record, haven't we? Of we've actually mm. got a win <laughs> during one of our watch meets. I wasn't there, so I, maybe I'm the maybe I'm the uh, the kind of curse. Maybe, maybe um, that's what your wife tells me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, when's the next one? Is it the Newcastle meet? Yeah, two weeks on. Oh, two weeks. I can't wait for that. We've got a whole weekend planned of that, haven't we? Well, say planned. (laughs) Say planned. I'm planning it, so it's like, over there's a pub, go for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we've got quite a few people confirmed now as well, uh, which is fantastic. I really can't wait for it, because when we first mentioned this way back at, what, it was the Super Bowl last year, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We said, well, you know what we should do? We should all go to Newcastle. That's what you said to me. (laughs) And everyone was like, everyone was just as tanked up as you were, and they were like, yeah, we'll do that. Um, And now it's happening. We're two weeks away. I still haven't booked my room. Ooh. If anyone's looking for a roommate, you can share with Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no axe murderers, please. Um, no, if, if you are coming, we, we, we've, we've got the Saturday where we're just going to be going out for, a, I don't know, a night out around Newcastle. So, um, yeah, that should be fun. Uh, the following day is entirely up to you. You can go sightseeing. I can take you next to, the, you know, dump, any dumpster fire you want to see, I can take you around that. Um <laughs> And then on the night, on the Sunday night, uh, we're going to be at Beyond Bar uh, in Newcastle at the gate. So uh, we're going to be watching the game there. Can't wait. It should really be good. To it, mate. it should be fun, shouldn't it? Um, it should. I've got some things as well to, to give away. I've got um, I've been given some kingdom flags. Ooh. Yeah. Unless Ooh, you snaffle one. one. Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't got one, mate, I can I can lend you one. Thank you. Lend? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Thank you. So, I, I never knew. I never knew I meant so much. To <laughs> yeah, you can borrow that for a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't be one of these that holds the flag upside down. <laughs> no, I won't. On the uh, on the photos, that really winds me up. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the game, um, because I'm sure all of our American listeners care about our jollies in Newcastle. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering what Newcastle is like, just um, go on demand somewhere and search for the program Geordie Shore. Um, uh, it's nothing like that. <laughs> well, that's it's what I'm expecting. Like and hoping for, I'm not going to lie. Really? Um, that's, that's the game. Um, one play that we haven't talked about yet was Travis Kelsey doing his best OBJ impression with the one-handed grab. That was awesome. We've not seen that from him before. No. It, like He has very good hands. He used to have fumbling issues, but in general, he's always been a very solid pass catcher. Unlike Demetrius Harris, but I'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> uh, Harris did get a touchdown. Uh, I don't care. I don't uh, care. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, forget about that. You dropped the dropped the third down. Well, speaking of that play, I watched a video earlier. I watched a lot of videos today. Can you tell? Mm. Um, there was it was all about Pat Mahomes and the way he's influences def- influencing defenses on certain plays. And on that Demetrius Harris um, touchdown in particular, the the Forty ers were in cover free. Yeah. So obviously, three players defending deep zones, and the safety was leaning over towards Demetrius Harris's um, side. But that's where Mahomes wanted to go with the ball. So he influenced that safety by turning his entire body to face the outside right, where the, I think it was Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins lined up on that side. Yeah. And that obviously brought the safety across, and then just enabled Mahomes just to an easy pitch and catch to Demetrius Harris if there is such thing as an easy pitch and catch. To Demetrius, Demetrius Harris, Harris yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Not that I've got a vendetta or anything like that, but you know, the Chiefs, I'm still waiting for that call to become your tight end too. Um, but it just, to me, it shows a lot of poise and a lot of veteran things that you're not supposed to see from a first year quarterback. I know we've, I've somehow turned this conversation all the way back around to Patrick Mahomes, but as I said, he's the love of my life. So I will talk about him until... <laughs> until I die but um, <laughs> I'm just so pleased to see my homes influence defences to a point that they are so scared of everything that he can do that he can basically just take his picks yeah. and and just saying to the defence pick your poison because they're all poison and they're all gonna they're all gonna kill you eventually because that is the only way that you can possibly stop this Chiefs offence is by making Patrick Mahomes try and pass to Demetrius Harris. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's about it. But even on one even on the odd occasion it works like it did yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I loved it. Back to the Kelsey catch. Have we ever seen that from him before? Uh I've not seen one from him before, no. Not like that. I I've seen him make a there was a great one he did against the Raiders where he jumped up in the air, spun round and caught the ball as it was as he was flying through the air with the greatest of ease. Yeah, um, that was a great catch, but nothing like nothing like what we saw yesterday with uh, that one-handed grab. It was like he was picking fruit. It was. It was phenomenal. I've got so much time for it. I like, <laughs> just as much as I enjoy sacks, I love one-handed grabs as well. Yeah, and just I, it was another play where I just went mental. This yeah. this this game had a lot of plays where I went mental. It felt it felt like a special game yesterday, yeah. even though the second half was dire. It, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I just wanted to bring something up that we swore blind we would never ever talk about on this podcast: F- fantasy leagues. 
<laughs> Fantasy leagues. There's a there's a guy that I know in Kansas City who has selected all of the offensive weapons on his fantasy league. I said that'll be fun in bye week. And he's selected everybody. <laughs> Sammy oh, Watkins, wow. Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, Hunt. He's he's got everybody on there. <laughs> and How's he's he doing? doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. He's doing so well. And he's like, I'll deal with the bye week when it comes. I was like, God oh, man. Honestly, it's only one loss, isn't it? Changing the whole team in a bye week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were saying before about Mahomes, we always talk about Mahomes now. And uh, I think you've you've selected him in one of your fantasies, haven't you? And I've selected yeah, him in one of my fantasies. When did you select him? Uh, I I took him in round five in both. Five, right. Yeah. Okay. I just... Every, no, I went a bit early not. with mine then. <laughs> Well, everyone says, oh, you shouldn't take a quarterback before round six or seven, blah, 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 blah. You can yeah. wait for a quarterback. And I was just like... No. Yeah, and then somebody always takes Tom Brady. Have you noticed that? Yeah, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Or exactly. Cameron. Somebody always nicks him about round about three or four. But You know we, you are. We just knew... we All the Chiefs fans knew that this offense was going to be legit. Every single one of us we yeah. knew that we were going to be putting up points this season. So we just beat the trend. Like next year... Pat Mahomes will probably go number one overall in most yeah. leagues. Well, certainly in my league, to me, because he's well, my boyfriend. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're making a real emphasis of this, mate. You really are. Yeah. You're really emphasising the point here. Wait, he's mine, hands off. <laughs> he's, gone from, he's gone from friend to special friend to boyfriend. Like, <laughs> next week he will be husband. <laughs> I, did actually, him- I did put a tweet on saying, uh, I want his babies or something like that. Um, <laughs> But no, I I took him. I think it was around about round three or something. And everybody <laughs> on the chat was going, "Boy, he's reached there, hasn't he?" Um, and at the point, I was going, "I was going, no, no, I'm okay. I'm I'm happy with my decision. I've got Hill as well, so that he was my uh, number one overall pick. So I'm quite happy with that. And they've been doing all right, doing all right yes. ever since. So my fantasy is doing really well, as I'm Excellent. sure everybody is really happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. So what's next on the No One Gives a Shit podcast? <laughs> Yeah, we said we would never. Uh, well, I've not tweeted it out. I've not gone. Oh, this no. is my this is my fantasy team. It's doing very well this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've not done that. I've not done that. So you know, everyone's safe from that. But I just thought, yeah, I was just wondering, wanting to know what where you'd selected him. As I said, fifth. fifth. Yeah, that, that's probably yeah, that's probably where I should have selected him. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing well. He's doing well. Has, uh, have you heard from Dave at all? Like, is he is he okay? Dave, yeah, uh, he was meant to be on this show tonight, but he's done a no show. Um, maybe oh. he's maybe he's lost himself in in the Mahomes world, and he's he's not coming back either. <laughs> <laughs> he went on his jollies, didn't he? And uh, we he think did. he's back. <laughs> we think. Maybe he didn't get on the plane. Maybe he was just like, you know, I don't know. He watched the game and he was just a bit too hungover. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> Dave, where are you? <laughs> Help us! Um, just a reminder to everyone as well: we've got our preview show coming up, and uh, we do have some questions about the uh, the game against the Broncos on Monday Night Football, uh, which we will keep for that session for that uh, you know for that podcast. So um, it's going to be a big one. And hopefully we've got Dave back for that game as well because I, I know he's I know he's he's not one who likes the Broncos, does he? He's not one of those that's like no. uh, he doesn't really like them much. But um, so hopefully we've got him back for that. Uh, so that is going to be on Thursday night. We should hopefully get that show out 
soon as possible as well from Thursday night. So for our American listeners, it'll be what late afternoon, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Like that anyway. Um, right, I think we'll wrap it up, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, we've talked so much rubbish tonight. It's um, we're just so excited. I I I feel like any form of professionalism has been lost in this show because oh yeah that that throw to Chris Conley literally turned me into a little girl. You're finishing um, on the Chris Conley again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're finishing on that pass. <laughs> and I, as I said earlier on on Twitter and Facebook, right now I am insufferable to all of my non chief supporting friends because all I want to talk about is this offense and in particular Pat Mahomes and as as long as he continues to make plays like that throw to Chris Conley um, I am going to be talking about him a whole lot more yeah uh, it's, it's what a time to be alive yeah. what a time well, what a the, time there, there is a few Niners fans that I, I know of on the UK groups and I, I, yeah I must admit I, I think I might have just shoved the knife in a little bit too hard <laughs> no every time thing. we scored a touchdown um, no such thing yeah, so uh, maybe um, yeah, maybe I need to lay off for that a little bit. But I mean, they won't. They will never understand. They've already seen their teams win Super Bowls and things like that. It, it's 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 about time we get something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's it's our time. Definitely our time now. All right, so that's it for this week's Our Heads Abroad podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the show again. Thanks again to Tom. He's a legend for coming on. He's great lad, isn't he? It's and it's great chatting with him because, like you said. This is our only time we get to chat about Chiefs, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact your missus doesn't want to talk about Chiefs, and I know for a fact mine doesn't. So it's nice just to get this out, open the all in the open on a podcast. Well, to stop you there, we are planning a podcast. We are going to do the Arrowheads Abroad Widows podcast. So <laughs> if we, you do, are we really going to do that? Yes, we are. If you do have a girlfriend or a partner or a boyfriend, if you're one of our female listeners that are sick to death of hearing about the Chiefs and want to do a podcast we are offering a a self-help group with others self-help podcast so yeah that we're going to air at some point in the off season that sensor button's going to take some uh, hammer isn't it (laughs) it it really is (laughs) (laughs) i have been a bit insufferable i mean last night six o'clock i was like that's it I'm, i'm not doing anything with the full family for the next six hours (laughs) <laughs> I'm watching football Brad um, you were you were talking in your sleep again last night what did I say <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> touchdown <laughs> Kansas City yeah all of that anyways yeah. let's wrap this let's wrap it up yeah. show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, please ensure you subscribe to the podcast it really helps us out as well um, if you want to after listening to this <laughs> Just do it anyway. Just make us happy. Um, where it, the shows on both SoundCloud and iTunes, we'll put the links on the uh, the um, Arrowheads Abroad Twitter page as well, so you can always get those. You can carry us with you if you would like. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so you won't miss a thing. So from one kingdom to another. We'll speak to you again soon. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>